All right, go ahead and have a seat, everybody. Thanks so much for joining us today and for being part of what we're doing here at Eddie's Brainerd. We hope everybody has had a great weekend. Hope that uh, you've enjoyed. If you've been spending time with, with family and friends, that's been uplifting for you. If you are traveling, we are grateful that you have safely arrived here with us and just uh, thankful that we're all able to be together today. Enjoy Enjoy one another's company, encourage one another the way that we've been doing, offering praise to God, and again, just great for us to be able uh, to be together. There's a, there's a question that I get asked a lot, uh, and it comes in different forms, and it kind of sounds like this. Hey, what's going on at East Brainerd? I hear this question in one form or another every week. What's happening at EB, people say. Hey, what's up with your church? People come up and say, hey, if I come and visit with you guys, what should I expect at your church? What's going on at EB? And I'm grateful that people are asking about our church family. And it could be that questions just like that have brought you into our, into our midst today. You decided to take Philip and the Samaritan woman up on their invitation. Now, if you don't know Philip and the Samaritan woman, that's okay. They're just two individuals who are present in John's gospel who when, had the, when they had the opportunity to talk to other people about what Jesus was doing, just said simply, come and see. Just come and see. And maybe you don't know Philip, maybe you don't know the Samaritan woman, but, but maybe you know someone else who encouraged you to consider stopping by our campus today. In fact, a lot of you have stopped by over the last few months. And so you received an invitation from a friend, and then you pulled us up online when it was working, and We'll talk to you about that here in just a minute. And you decided to visit. You and your family, you've moved to Chattanooga. You're new to town, and well, someone told you you needed to check us out. Maybe you heard about our snack pack ministry, and you thought, why in the world did they get together this last week to pack over 8,000 bags of food? So you thought you'd come and see. Your friends from school, well, they've been talking about Wednesday night worship, and so you were like, well, hey, I, I think I want to go and see what all the talk's about and give it a try. You're looking for a community of young adults who are focused on doing life together with Jesus, and someone suggested our yak ministry. You see, each, each of us has a different reason for, for being here and for joining here with, with East Brainerd, but each of you had to decide to just come and see what's happening at EB. And we are very grateful for your presence, even if you are a middle child, right? I mean, isn't that Aubrey... Didn't you say that Hurst is the middle child, right? Now, when you are the middle child, that can be a difficult spot to be in. And I don't want Hurst to feel like he has been singled out by his dad in front of everybody that's here and everybody that's watching online. So I'm going to single out all the other individuals here who are middle children. How many of you are Jans? All right, just raise your hand. If you know what Jan means, that means you're, you're old also. But how many of you are middle children? All right, look, very few of them get out of the house anymore. They, they just all, they all stay in. It's, it's a difficult, it's a difficult life. Hey, but even if you are that middle child, we are so thankful. And we're thankful for you being here and being a part of what, what we're doing at East Brainerd. You know, recently our future planning team, and I don't know if you knew that we had a future planning team, but it's a team of men and women from varied backgrounds within our church family that are, are being led by one of our elders, Mr. Paul Rowland, to, to imagine life at EB over the next five years. And so recently this group discussed how the demographics of our congregation well, has changed over, 
over the last, really, decade. How things have begun to, to adjust a little bit. The majority of our church family has come to us within the last 10 years. And, and, the, and many of you have come to us within the last five years. So the chances are, if you meet someone in the lobby, if you're talking to someone in a small group, they have only been here part of our church congregation for the last decade. Now, we still have some wonderful individuals and families who are lifers. And, and these are the faith warriors that are the underpinnings of our spiritual foundation here as a church. But the majority of you have been with us less than a decade. So I thought, well, why not just spend a few weeks just kind of talking about life here at East Brainerd? And some of the things that are specific to our church family. Some important principles that serve as guide rails for, for everything that we kind of, of do here. That way, if people were to come up to you and, and say, hey, what's going on over, over at EB? What's going on at East Brainerd? Well, then you can tell them. And then you can say, hey, better than me telling you, why don't you come and see? Why don't you come and see how it how at EB, we strive to have Jesus Christ and his love at the center of everything that we do. We strive to have Jesus Christ and his love at the center of everything that we do. Very few people, very few companies, and even perhaps fewer churches can clearly articulate why they do what they do. Now, what they do, sure, they can talk about that, or, or how they do it, that's, that's maybe easier, but why? Why something is done, why a particular direction is taken, that can be difficult sometimes. In fact, many of you, if someone were to ask why we as a church do this or that, you might struggle to come up with the exact clear answer. In fact, if I were to just choose about 10 of you and say, hey, why is it that last week we packed over 8,000 food bags that are going to be given out to food insecure children of Hamilton County over this next month? Why did we do that? Well, I might get 10 different answers. And they might all really be good answers. But the simple response is, Jesus Christ and his love are at the center of everything that we do. And, and because Jesus was a loving champion of the underprivileged and underserved, well, so are we. Or how about, oh, why at EB do you have archery classes every Tuesday night? Well, we could say, we just like shooting things with sharp pointy sticks. Because that's true, and if you've never done that, it really is fun. Especially if you've had a really bad day. You just show up on Tuesday, and you've got that target there, and, you know, it's got circles in it, and you can picture anything or body that you want to have right there in that circle, and, you know, you just aim, and we just like shooting things with sharp, pointy sticks. It's a great anxiety relief. You could say that. Or you could say... Jesus Christ and his love are at the center of everything we do. And because Jesus lovingly used creative imagery and activities to point people to God, well, so do we. Or, and, and I've heard this question before, why at EB do you sometimes study controversial or divisive topics? Well, we love emails. We, we love emails. We, we love it when people email and, and, and want to know, why in the world are you bringing that up? I mean, don't you know that that's opening a huge can of worms? And, and why do we want to talk? That was decided years ago, and, and everybody's just all polarized. And why do we need to talk about those kind of things? We love emails. Send them. It's great. 
Now, that's not it. But Jesus Christ and his love are at the center of everything that we do. And because Jesus was not afraid to lovingly engage in difficult conversations about the meaning and application of God's word, neither are we. You see, people don't buy what you do. They buy why you do it. And our why is Jesus and his love. That is our, that is our center. Okay, that is our focus. And that's why we say, and maybe you saw it as you were coming in, You've got these posters that are up on the wall throughout our campus that talks about how our mission is to move others closer to a life-restoring relationship with Jesus Christ. You see, we want to introduce others to our center. We want to introduce others to the focus of our life. Now, we understand this when it comes to dating. I mean, we, we, we get this, right? I mean, we understand this. Do you remember the first time you brought home that special guy or that special girl when you brought them home to meet the parents and the rest of the family? I mean, maybe you had met at college or, or maybe you had cubicles that were beside one another at work and, or maybe you just swiped right on a dating app. And Now, look, there have been others and, and there have been some relationships, but nobody that you really just wanted to let everybody know that, you know, you were talking with that you were spending time with, that you were being seen with out in public. But then you found that special someone. You found that individual who began to become the center of all your time and all your attention. And so you started making plans to introduce them to the rest of your family. And so you gave all of your family instructions on what they could not do and what they could not say. And I'm watching all of you go, uh-huh, yep, yep. I mean, you know this, right? You've, you've been there. And everything had to be just right. And it had to be just the right time. And it had to be just the right place. My family says that when I brought Tanya home for Christmas, they were like, oh, that must be the one. Christmas was a very important time within our family. And, and we, we kept limits. I mean, we, we had rules of the way that things go. And, and then when I decided to bring someone to Christmas, someone who didn't unwrap presents the way that my family did, they knew that it was important. And it was special. We want others to meet the person who's the center of our attention. So we make it Facebook official. We change our Instagram photo. We ask if it's okay if we bring a plus one. We want the world to know. Now we get that when it comes to dating, right? But guys, it's the same here at EB. We want the world to know the one who is the center of everything that we do. We want others to come into a life-restoring relationship with Jesus Christ. So we filter everything that we do through a Jesus lens. Now, the biblical idea of this is called discipleship, where all else is forsaken in order that others might become a follower of Jesus because we want Jesus to be the focus and the attention of all others. And so there is no telling what we might do here. But we certainly know why it will be done. So let's think about this for a minute. Let's think about the results of, of being Jesus-centered. So when Jesus Christ and his love are at the center of everything you do, it influences your message. Okay, here's the first thing. It influences your message. And guys, it makes the message simple. The Apostle Paul demonstrated this truth when he reminded the Christians living in Corinth about his time with them. And he wrote to them and he said, 
looking back over those those weeks and months, those times that he spent in their homes, those times that he spent teaching and talking with them. He said, I resolved. And he used a legal term that meant a choice made by, by separating one from another. He says, I chose, I made this decision. He said, I resolved to know nothing, to know nothing while I was with you except for this, Jesus Christ and him crucified. Now, Paul could have talked about Abraham. Paul could have talked about Moses. And to be sure, he did this whenever he was with Jewish audiences, but always through the lens of the supremacy of Jesus. He knew about those faithful heroes. He could have talked about them. That wasn't his focus. And Paul, well, he could have talked about the political issues of his day. He was a Roman citizen, after all, and He had his pulse on the things that were were taking place within the empire. He could have, but he didn't. And Paul could have shared with them about his own personal feelings concerning life. Come on, Paul, tell us about truth and tell us what you think and and tell us how you feel. What do you feel is truth and what do you feel is, is real and what do you feel is right? All of those subjects and even more things were on the table. But guys, because Jesus... Because Jesus and his love were at the center of Paul's life, he sifted through all the available messages. And he starts moving things over and and stacking things up off to the side. And it's like, I've just got to get to what is the most important. And he sifted through everything and he chose and he resolved to make his message about Jesus and his crucifixion. Jesus and his love. Now understand, a focus on Jesus will influence our conversations. It will influence our conversations about religion and about politics and about truth and about sexuality and about materialism and about justice and about righteousness and about sin. But those conversations will flow from a stream whose origin and source is the person of Jesus Christ. And here's what that means. God's truths will be shared with Christ's love. Scripture will be viewed through a mercy lens, and our message will point others not to ourselves, not to our church, not to our favorite specific issue, but to Jesus. Because he is the focus, and he is the center. Because here at EB, we want people to fall in love with Jesus. Because Jesus, long ago, fell in love with them. We want people to fall in love with Jesus, not our positions, and not our ministries, and not even just our church as a whole. And look, I love it when you say, I love being at East Brainerd, and I love being a part of this church. And each week, there is someone who comes out into the lobby and who says that very thing to me. And man, that just makes me, as one of the ministers here, as one of the shepherds, feel so good. And it's like, yeah, that's what I want. But more than that, I want you to love Jesus. I want you to fall in love with him. Because here's what happens. You see, if you focus people's time and attention on an issue, you do that, and they will become consumed eventually by self-righteousness. You focus people's time and attention on a ministry, and they will serve in that ministry until that ministry or that minister is gone. 
and you focus people's time and attention on a specific church, and they will attend until something changes or until someone disappoints. And let's just be honest. We have all at different seasons in life made the message more complicated by trying to move people closer to a certain position or a certain ideology or move them closer to a specific ministry or get them to, to change the way they look at a particular church. But understand, you focus people's time and attention on Jesus and his love, and individuals become more concerned about people, not positions. And they serve out of desire, a desire, not compulsion or even convenience. And individuals then worship daily, partnering with others who are seeking to bring heaven's kingdom ethic to earth. And guys, the reason that this idea is so important is because the message that you share is the message that you will convert people to. Think about that for a minute. The message that you share, the thing that you are focused on, is the thing that you will seek to convert people to. And it's why we all know of individuals, Christians, believers in Jesus Christ, who if you do not side with them on an issue or a topic, well, they'll question your faithfulness. Are you a true Christian? Are you a true follower? We've known the person whose faith is more in the Scriptures than in the God whom the Scriptures reveal. Or the person who believes that they must attend a specific type of church in order to be accepted by God. See, all these people are good people. But they are people who were converted to a message that did not have Jesus Christ and his love at the center. And at EB, we desire to move people to a life-restoring relationship with Jesus. Not with, with our church and not with, again, a position or an ideology or a certain viewpoint, but with Jesus. Why? Because he is the only one who brings salvation. The only one. And because he is the source of salvation, he is the center then of all that we do. And that makes our message simple. It makes our conversations easier. So having Jesus and his love at the center of everything influences the message. But guys, here's the thing. It also influences the messenger. It's going to influence what you say, but it's also going to influence who you are. A lot of the letters written by the Apostle Paul arrived at churches that were, were struggling with how to assimilate people from very different backgrounds and belief systems. Jewish Christians were used to following the Mosaic Law and, and all the rules and the different rituals that, that came along with it. And then they were being asked now to trust in a Jesus who who said that he was the fulfillment of those rules and rituals. And Gentile Christians, who were used to worshiping multiple deities, were now being asked to focus in on one God. All right, that one God, that all those deities that were up on the mantle, they had to be moved off, not just moved off, but thrown away. And now only one God was to be their focus. Each group was being asked to consider major thought and life changes. It wasn't just like the message of Jesus was rolled out and you have people going, oh, well, that makes perfect sense. I'm going to follow him. And I'll leave behind my heritage and my history and I'll leave behind everything my, my mom and papa taught me. And I'm going to leave behind all these different beliefs and all these things that I've heard all through the years. This was a struggle. And there was tension that was there. But on top of that was the fact that these cultures and belief systems of these two different groups, they were so different. They had so little in common. 
So how were they to live in one common community? Well, Paul's approach was to focus, was to focus their attention on their one commonality. You want to live in one common community, there's got to be one common commonality that you have. And Paul says it's Jesus Christ. And so here's what he said in Philippians chapter 2. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used as his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking on the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. And Paul says that after being found in the appearance as a man, he humbled himself. He became obedient to death. Paul says even death on a cross. Paul's saying this is how you should think and this is how you should act. And so he gives this beautiful description of the nature of Jesus. And he does this with the expectation that his readers will adopt that very same nature in your relationship, in your marriages, in your business dealings, in your social circles. He says, take on the nature, take on the attitude, take on the mindset of Jesus. I said, well, what's that mindset? Okay, so Paul presents this picture of, of who Jesus was, but what kind of mindset is it? Well, I've tried to sum it up with one sentence, and it's this. It's not about me. I mean, couldn't you say that about Jesus? People would come to him and, and, and talk about the things that he was saying, and, and he would say, I only say those things I hear my father saying. He would say, I'm going to be leaving. They're like, you can't leave. He's like, no, if I don't leave, the, the one who is greater than me, the comforter can't come and be with you if I don't leave. It, you, you listen to what Paul says, and he talks about how that, that Jesus was God, but he didn't consider it something to, to use for his own advantage and to force it on people, and, and you just can't help but come away and think, you know what? The whole attitude of Jesus is just, it's not about me. So here's one, just look at the person next to you and just say that, would you? Look at the person next to you and say, it's not about me. Don't look at them and say, it's not about you. Okay? I know, I know there's some of you over here. I know. There's some of you over here. You turned around and you were like, it's not about you. That's not what we said. It's not about me. And, and guys, hear this. This means it's not about my rights. And it's not about my wants. And that means it's also not about even my needs. If you want to show the world that you are not focused on Jesus, if you want to show the world that you are not focused on Jesus, then just live a selfish life. You can't get more non-Jesus focused than that. But show yourself willing to let go of your rights. Demonstrate your willingness to adapt and change. Walk away from, from what you have said in the past has been the most important thing to you, the thing that has defined you, the thing that has become your identity. You do that, now that is a Jesus-focused life. Because he had the right to be worshipped but chose to go unnoticed. Others should have served him, but he came to be a servant. He walked away from heaven so that you could walk into it. It's not about me. And having Jesus and his love at the center changes the message, but it also changes the messenger. It changes me. Now, guys, I want you to know, and I've got to be up front with you. 
And i got to let you know that even though at EB we strive to have Jesus Christ and his love at the center of everything we do, we are not perfect in this pursuit, and we are not consistent. We're not. Because we are easily distracted. You know what it is to become easily distracted, right? You're riding down the road, and all of a sudden somebody pulls by pulling an alligator on the back of their car. Did y'all see this this week? Somebody riding through Florida, and um, yeah, I think it was a Kentucky fan. That's what it was. It was a Kentucky fan that was, um, that was, that was heading back. They took a souvenir. I, uh, <laughs> I did that for Sean. I did. I, I did that for Sean's benefit. And here's the thing today, guys. Sean is actually running things upstairs he is so kind. I mean, he put that up even though he knew that that was, that was there for him. I'm sure it was a Kentucky fan. They just came down a little early, got their gators, said this is what's going to happen Saturday night, and off they went. Can you imagine, though, being the person riding down the road seeing that? What did you hit next is what I want to know. Because you couldn't help but be distracted. You, you couldn't help but, but no longer be able to focus on, on the center of the road because there's somebody pulling an alligator behind their car. Oh, man, that is crazy. But guys, as a church family, we often forget the why behind the what that we do. We forget it. And so when that happens, you will notice a few things. When that happens, you will notice us treating our faith community as a spiritual country club. And we'll begin to act as if this church exists for our own personal enjoyment, for our own personal comfort, and for our own personal satisfaction. And when we get distracted, you will hear us demanding our way. You will hear us complaining about this and that, and you will even hear us arguing about things that have nothing to do with helping to move others closer to a life-restoring relationship with Jesus Christ. And that happens occasionally. Every once in a while, there's just something with an alligator tied behind it that drives by, that, and we just get off focus. But guys, when that happens, it's okay for you to gently remind another, hey, let's get back on focus, and let's remember our why. It's okay. And look, if somebody tells you that, don't get all offended and don't get all self-righteous. And don't get all holier than thou. Remember, it's not about me. It's not about me. And you smile and say, thank you. Thank you for reminding me what our focus is to be. And guys, from time to time, some of us are going to be guilty of treating our faith community as one of ten one of ten, meaning our time together in service or in study or in praise or it's just one of ten other things that we've got on our calendar. I mean, we're busy. And, and this is just one of ten, and it has no greater priority than anything else. And if we have the time, and if we can fit it into our schedule, and look, when this happens and, and when, when we begin to get off focus, then you will hear us talking favorably about the concepts, the concepts of involvement 
And you will hear us talking favorably about the concepts of service. And you will hear us talking favorably about the concepts of volunteering and being present in one another's lives. And, and you'll hear us saying some really good things about it, but you will not see the commitment of doing these things. You won't see it. And that will happen. And when it does, when it does, it's okay. It's okay to, to gently say to your brother or to your sister, hey, let's remember the why. Let's remember the focus of our lives. Let's remember who it is that we are to be about and, and who it is that we are to center our life on. And when someone says that to you, don't unfriend them. Don't decide that instead of sitting over here, I'm going to still go to this church, but I'm going to sit over here on this side when I come. And, and, and don't send an email, all right? I know I said earlier we liked them. We really don't. Okay, don't, don't do that. You know, and, and don't grab me out in the lobby and say, hey, I want to talk to you about somebody. Instead, will you say to yourself, it's not about me. It's not about me. Guys, I tell you this in an effort to be transparent. You see, we strive to center on Jesus, but that doesn't always happen as a church family. And I don't want you to get discouraged or frustrated when you witness a different focus or when you are the one whose focus becomes off-center. You know, the Apostle Paul once wrote that, that he had this goal of, of centering his life on Jesus Christ and becoming more and more like his Savior. But he says he, didn't, he hadn't arrived at the goal yet when he wrote to the Philippians. But instead of giving up and becoming discouraged, he said, one thing I do, one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining and reaching out toward what is ahead, he said, I, I press on. I aggressively chase in order to catch is what the word means. I chase after this goal. And you know, perhaps you're a lot like that. And perhaps you're a lot like our church family here at EV. You want to have Jesus as the center of everything that you do. You want Jesus and his love to be your why. But sometimes, or, or maybe a lot of the times, you find that you get yourself off focus. And you find that your decisions and actions show that you are focused on something or someone else. So let me remind you of the most therapeutic phrase in all of the English language. Get over it. Yeah. Get over it. Just, just get over it. Whatever it is, get over it. Aggressively chase after a Jesus-centered life. Maybe that isn't who you have been. Maybe that hasn't always been the experience that you have had while you have been here a part of this family. But instead of beating yourself up or instead of criticizing others, get over it. Get over it and chase after a Jesus-centered life. And why don't you begin that chase right here with us? Why don't you begin that chase right here with us at East Brainerd? Because we would love to have you as part of our family. Not just on the outskirts. Not just coming in and sitting on the back row. And by the way, there's nothing wrong with all the back row sitters, all right? That's not a slam. 
But sometimes that can be the easiest place for people that don't really want to get connected sometimes to go, right? But how about deciding that this will be your faith community? That this will be where you and your family serve? This will be where you and your family grow spiritually? This will be where where you and your family are, are admonished at times? This will be the people with whom you practice your why with. So here's what I want you to do. And this was going to be great all until the time that our website went down. Okay, don't know if you knew this or not, but our security, um, our, our security, uh, what's it called, Sean? Security certificate. certificate, thank you. Our security certificate lapsed over the weekend. Well, when that happens over the weekend, there was a problem, and so it can't be put back up then and, uh, and work correctly until probably um, on Monday. Now, you can still get to our website, but when you go there, it says that this might not be the real East Brainerd Church of Christ website. This could be another website pretending to be that. And so I pulled up last night, and I saw that, and I thought, well, cool. Other people want to be like us. Yeah. I mean, other people are talking about us. I had this lesson together, and I pull it up, and because... Here's what I want. Here's really, I want you to do this. And it's, it's safe. It really is. I want you to take out your phone and pull up our website, eastbrainerchurch.org. All right? Now, you're going to get this message that says this could be somebody else. It's not. All right? So then you just mash whatever buttons you need to to, to say, no, I trust this site. All right? We're going to trust it. Um, when you do that, in the lower left corner, you're going to see an icon. And I've got the picture up here. Uh, you're going to see this icon that says next steps. And, uh, you know, if you're new here to our family, and if you're someone who has come, you know, within this last year, even maybe within the last five years, you might need to do this as well, um, click on that icon and then choose from the list of options. That will pop up. And you'll see, it'll say get connected or or get involved. Maybe that's for some of you, you've been here for five, ten years, but you still feel like you're just not part of the church family here. And it's like, how, how are some more ways that I can become involved with individuals who are here and things that are going on? Well, well, those are two great buttons that you could mash right there. Get connected or get involved. But if you'd like to begin putting down some roots, if you'd like to um, say, you know what, this is where I want to grow, then click join the EB family. Click that. And there'll be some different information that it'll give you and just ask for your, your name and, and some things and and, and then I'll reach out to you or another individual who's a part of our, uh, of, of our staff or a part of our leadership will reach out and, and just want to be able to have a conversation with you. Because here's what you need to know. Guys, we are much more concerned with your relationship with Jesus than we are with your relationship with our church. Okay? Now, even though I say, look, we want you to click join the EB family, more than that, we want you to know Jesus as your Savior. Okay? And so if you say, well, what does it mean to be a part of the East Brainerd family and, and, and all this stuff? Look, we would love for you to be here and say, this is going to be where I'm going to grow, and this is where I'm going to learn, and this is where I'm going to, you know, mature. And you don't have to be someone who is sold on Jesus yet. And you don't have to be someone who says, well, I consider myself a Christian. And, and you don't have to be someone who comes from, from our faith stream. And it, you can have a lot of questions still, but you can still say, you know what, I'd like to be a part of this family. And we'd love to have conversations then about what it means and what it looks like to move closer to that life-restoring relationship with Jesus Christ. And look, if you're ready to begin a life with Jesus as your center, I would love for you to click where it says, I'm interested in baptism. I'm interested in saying, hey, I'm on God's team. 
and, and, and I am submitting myself wholly to him, and I am trusting him for my salvation, and, and I am doing this because of who Jesus is and what Jesus did, and for the love that Jesus has shown me through the cross, and I want to experience the power of his resurrection. Now, if you're not a phone person, and um, if you're just scared to go onto the website since it says this might not be the real one, hey, no problem. We've got a connection center that's just out in the lobby. And uh, Miss Brittany will be out there uh, here in a little bit, and you're welcome to go by that connection center and, and just say, hey, um, this is going to be, this, this is my place. And, and I, want to, I want to be involved in others' lives here, and I want to grow closer to Jesus here. And, and she'll take down your information and pass that along. So you don't have to have your phone or your computer or, or be computer savvy or any of that kind of thing. It's fine. Just want to give this opportunity for you here this morning to do. And so let's wrap it up this way. Guys, why are you doing what you are doing? Why are you doing what you're doing? Why are you even here this morning? Did you come because, well, that's the expectation? Your parents expect you to be here, so you're here? Uh, I'm here because, well, we're doing it for the kids. I'm here because my wife. I'm here because of my husband. I'm I'm here because, well, that's kind of expected within the community that that, that I live in, within the kind of society I'm a part of right now. I just feel like I need to come and and be here. Beyond just being here, why, why are you doing what you're doing? Why did you do what you did last night? Why are you, why are you making the choices that you are making, the decisions, that you, the process that you're going through? Why are you doing those things? And with those decisions, and with your actions, and in where you find yourself, and the way you see yourself spending your time, and spending your money, and, and the things that you hear coming out of your mouth, and the messages that you are sharing, why are you doing what it is that you're doing? What is your center? If it is not Jesus and his sacrificial love, then why not? I mean, is Jesus your why? If not, why not? Because again, more important than having you at EB is you having Jesus and his love at the center of your life. So church, friends, family, strangers, guests, let Jesus be the why behind everything that you do. It will change your message, but most importantly, it will change you. Father, I thank you for this church family and for the years that individuals have been calling this place home And for the way that you have been working mightily through individuals, through families, through through all the people who have been here through the years. I'm thankful for the impact that that this body of believers has had on on this community. Father, we're praying for greater things and we're praying for for mightier things and for things that we can't even imagine and think about. We have no idea what the next five years hold. and We don't even know what the next five minutes hold. But Father, our commitment is that we will be centered and focused on your son and his love. He has revealed you to us. He has shown us through action, through conversation, what you are truly like. It is because of him that that we know that we are loved and is because of him that, that we can be or have been redeemed.
So, Father, our prayer is that he would be the why behind all that we do. Not just here as, as our church family, but as individual, as individual participants within this faith community. That Jesus and his love would be at the center, that would be at the focus, so that it would change our message, so that it would influence the way that we speak to others, the way that we communicate what it is that, that you desire from us. And Father, so that it would change us individually. So that we would realize it's not, a, it's not about me and it's not about all the things that I want or desire or what I think is best. And Father, so that we would be changed to be, to be more like Jesus. And like Paul, we have not achieved that goal. Father, we are not there yet individually or communally, but forgetting what is behind and Father, straining for what is ahead. We set off sprinting sprinting today, wanting to grasp the goal of making sure that Jesus is the why behind all that we do. Father, thank you for giving us the opportunity to live as your children. Thank you again for the grace and mercy that you've poured out on us through Jesus Christ. And may everything that we do, in word or in deed, bring honor and glory to you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Church, each week, we're going to continue to look at EB. And I encourage you to come and to be a part, to, to bring someone who maybe has a question about what is taking place here and what God is doing in our midst. And we'll continue to, to take a deep dive, and, and it'll be something that maybe is, you're like, oh, I, I knew that, and there's going to be some things you're like, oh, boy, I didn't realize that. But I want you to come and I want you to be a part. Don't let the distractions of life take your focus off where it needs to be. But friends, if your focus has been gone and God has used his Holy Spirit today to recenter you, I would love for you to be able to respond this morning and to say, you know what? I am so thankful to be a part of this church family and I'm thankful for the centering that God has provided. I'm looking forward to what is going to be taking place in the next week. We would love for you to come before this church family to declare that. We would love for you if you... Feel the need to be able to come and say, you know what, I have been so off focus. I have been going off in the wrong direction and I need to be better centered and I would just love for this church family to pray for me specifically. We want you to have that opportunity. If you need time in private, we have a prayer room in our lobby. One of our elders will be there and you can have a conversation. If you don't want to click on the box and say, I'd like to be baptized, if you just like to come this morning and say, I would love to be baptized, then why don't you come? Why don't we encourage one another? as together we stand and give God praise.